On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, rather cool Wednesday night. And thanks to Finey, and you can catch Finey from tomorrow night from 7. Or Finey, actually, the footy's tomorrow, isn't it? So we've got the footy tomorrow. So uh, Finey's final siren will be on at uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow night. So make sure you stick or you make sure you listen to Finey. Always controversial. And also thanks to Zanners and Jeff Poulter on another great show just before the Diego's. G'day, Vinny Venezuela. Good evening, Rodrigo. Hello, listeners. Yes, uh, good to see you and Carlos Alberto Diego. Hello there, Rodrigo. Hello there, Vinny Venezuela and Melbourne listening to us. Uh, and I'm so, so happy. You no, know why? You, tell me why, Carlos. You, you I've got guess. A... Can you guess? It's because... We've been doing this for 24 years. Yes. And something has <laughs> just really got me excited. You're going with the back three, aren't you, Carlos? <laughs> You're happy about the back three. It's true. Uh, Andrew, Revolutionary. You know, well, it's not really. Yeah, and, and, I don't like this tinkering. Fact, you know I don't like the tinkering. Well, in fact, you know, we play better with the back three, <laughs> especially with one, in, one particular player missing. And he's going to be missing for three weeks, is he? He is. He's going to be missing. Yeah. Uh, that's Warren Diego, yeah. who has, is on his excellent adventure to the UK. Is he, is he on the plane yet? Can we give him a ring? Well, I reckon he's. I reckon he's probably on the plane now, yeah. though, Carlos. So no, no, it was around this time that he's flying. Yeah. So uh, let's hope uh, it all goes well. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. He sent me a number to ring him next week. Yeah, and uh, it looked like just a local mobile I number. Say, so I don't know yeah. if he knows about international roaming well, or not. What's the bet? There's one or two numbers missing. <laughs> He hasn't travelled uh, without the Diego, so we are a little bit worried about him. We are, but anyway, uh, we'll catch up with Warren uh, next week on Wednesday night. We've got a big show tonight. Uh, 9429-1116. If you want to talk about uh, the Socceroos, of course, uh, please give us a call, 9429-1116. Or send us a text message on 0433-981116. Tonight's show is brought to you by our great sponsors, Tax Talk. Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Hey, Vinny Venezuela, what is the hot topic tonight? The hot topic, the hot to- there's only one hot topic. It's got to be the George Michael hotline. The hot topic is, do you still have faith, Cause I gotta have faith. <laughs> in Ange and what he's doing and the project? The yep. project. Uh, there you go, Vinny. Did you set that up? No, not at all. It just happens. Our producer is just sharp. Yep, sharp, all right. He's at the pointy end. Pedro on the panel over there. Thank you very much. So, to get right behind what Ange is doing, can we also have the show brought to us by the three, two, four, one formation? <laughs> yes, sure. Can, can, I, I write, can I write that down? Yeah, I reckon it, I'll get yeah, it wrong. It's a, it's a three. Three. If you forget about Matty Ryan, leave him yeah, alone. Yeah, of course. Three, <laughs> four, two, two, four, four one, one formation. All right. Or... Three four three formation. <laughs> I don't know, Carlos. We're just... overloading the midfield, okay, mate. So um, we're brought with tax talk and best on plumbing, and also Northern Football Academy. We're brought to you by Angie's new formation: the four, three four three or three. Two, two four, four one, one. formation. <laughs> I'm already confused. Can you imagine the players? <laughs> nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Could it ever be the four four two with a cross <laughs> formation? Well, it's a, apparently it's a box midfield you can go with, or a diamond midfield these days too. By the way, if it, if there's anyone out there, because we, you know, the thing about Australian football, and yeah. we're talking about soccer football, 
everyone is an expert. Of course. Everyone. Like, I know of under 10 coaches who believe they could do a better job <laughs> in getting age. us to a World Cup than Ange Postacoglu. I've, I've actually had these conversations yeah, with yeah, these no. people. Well, they if probably are, Carlos. If you've got a better formation, I want the numerics. That's good. <laughs> Text us or give us a ring. Just a better formation. Because Ange says... This is the way to get us to World Cup and win games at that World Cup. If you've got a better numerical formation, I want to know it tonight. Why should we stop believing Ange Postacoglu now? That we've won an Asian Cup. You know, the, oh, Vinny, He's in a visionary. Ange, I still trust. I still trust in Ange. I had, when he said last night, you know, people have lost faith in me. They don't believe in what I do. If I was a European coach, <laughs> I know. they'd be applauding me. They'd be... Money thrown. Of course, this is on the back for those people oh, who've had. Just, oh, well, Rodrigo, no, no. you go ahead and explain it all because there's, there are people out there who maybe don't know what we're talking about. We've been going for ten minutes, <laughs> I was just about... and good radio tells us, Rodders, yes. after twenty-four years, that the, we really should paint the picture. You should paint the picture under cloudy skies here, Carlos. Um, Australia defeated United Arab Emirates in the World Cup qualifier. Just in case you you don't know, two nil last night at uh, Sydney. Uh, Jackson Irvine scored his. Uh, his first goal um, in international football, and Matthew Leckie scored another one. Yeah. Two goals in a row for a guy that uh, couldn't score for the soccer. He was so. inter- he's gone from an inter- impotent prong <laughs> yeah. to a potent prong. Very potent. He's yeah. gone from the I to the P, Carlos, very, very quickly. <laughs> so, hey, so that means that um, we stay in touch with the top two in our group. We're on uh, 13 points, and, um, of course... Uh, Japan and uh, Saudi Arabia are on 16 points just ahead of us. So uh, we've still got those two uh, countries to play, uh, Japan away and Saudi Arabia at home. Looking forward. It's, it's, I'm nervous, but I'm... Don't be nervous, Rod. No, no, but in Angie, I trust. <laughs> it's true. 9429. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is the George Michael hotline on 0433981116. Let's go to Rob in Preston. G'day, Rob, and welcome to the Four Diego's. Uh, hello, boys. I'm... Was the formation really three three six one? Uh, but, but, but the question I have is playing that formation, and we had the two wide guys as wingers that couldn't defend, mm. and it was a very uh, very frustrating the game on uh, on on the on the, the first game we played. I think was it Iraq we played, and that that was just absolutely terrible. Like yep. Cruz can't defend, Leckie can't defend, and we had three at the back. And then, our, and then for the week, uh, yes, last night, our best defender, he, d- he decided to put our best defender in the back three. So, you know, we talk about in Ange we trust. Does, does he really know how good his players are or who, who are the best players there or our best 11? Of course he does. Really it's Ange. Yeah. Really? No, no Rob, I, I honestly believe that this is the way forward. And we'll talk about this in the lab later on, Vinny. Yes, we will. Okay, we'll talk about this. But basically, if... You know, if we can get away with getting to the World Cup, you know, trying to, you know, bed this formation in, getting players like Lecky and Brad Smith and Alex Gersbach, who I think is a really good decision maker on the field, uh, Robbie Cruz, if we can get them really, you know, playing those flanks the way they should be, that that is getting forward and, and adding to the attack, you know, helping to keep possession when we have possession, and then tracking back when you need to as a defender. It's a tough job, but it's they're the modern flankers these days in world football that can do that. But if we can do that during this World Cup campaign, suddenly when we go to a World Cup, I want you to imagine that we actually win games with a little bit of a plum over there and we qualify for this next... That's what this is all about. Do we really want to go to another World Cup and have... 
you know, uh, let's go back to South Africa. You know, we get to South Africa, we play Germany in that first game, and we're humiliated, right? We just don't want to do that at World Cups. And I just think, um, you know, Ange does, doesn't want to do that either, and he's trying, trying to prepare the team. But unfortunately, it's a bit of a balancing act at the moment, getting them used to this, which is a pretty radical change for them, and still winning games enough to get us there. So, Rob, I wouldn't worry, but I know why we, why we are all worrying and it's a little bit of an anxiety attack for some of us. Thanks for your call there, Rob. I mean, I like the vision. Ange has got me on the vision. I like what was... Brad Smith was very, very... Like, his engine, he yeah. didn't stop. He was very good. And when he went forward, he got around plays. He didn't always finish as, as well as he could, but I quite liked what was happening on the left. I didn't feel it was replicated from, from the back all the way forward as successfully. And, and, I, and I was wondering at some point in the game whether Ryan Grant would have been... A better sort of, but he's an out and out fullback, Vinny, and and just like John Van Skip, we we found you know we found John Van Skip out. He hates fullback. He doesn't like fullback. He doesn't you know yeah. he, he plays grandmother at fullback if it, if he needed to fill that spot. So now I think world football is got something against fullbacks. Now they're pushing people forward, playing with a back three, uh, almost like a sweeper in in behind those two centre halves, and uh, and it's just. All about possession in your own half, rather than in your own attacking half, rather than waiting for people to come to you. I thought I thought the first Brad Smith's first half was pretty ordinary. I think mm. you know he did some nice things as he does because he's, he's as Vinny said he's got a great engine, he's quick. Yep. Um, you know he he he's a bit of a tear away, but uh, geez, he turned the ball over a lot, made some mistakes that you know he really hadn't. In but his he showed us glimpses though, Rodders in the first half. Well, uh, I thought when, in the second he, half, when he, he broke forward completely a few times, turned it around. When he broke forward a few times mm. and, you know, it took on two or three people, you saw glimpses. And if he's playing regular club football, that might be better for him. Also, I worry, because those wide blokes just can't be, you know, people who go like bulls of the gate because they have to be thinkers. They have to be disciplined enough to know when do I go, when do I support the attack, because it's all about possession. Mm. You can have those guys pushing forward as long as you, you're possession bullies. We didn't have Moy last night. We didn't have Leon, Lu, Luongo last night. We didn't have Rogic last night. You'd think with those three in the team that you'll probably have a, a, a big share of the possession, more so than what we did last night. It's when you turn the ball over and these guys are up the pitch when those back three are isolated. So, uh, look, I, I'm sure we're going to get it right. Oh, look, it's a way to go. It's how to play football. Uh, but they, Ange needs time with these guys, that's all. Well, when, when, when Brad Smith, I thought, was turning it over in the first half, I actually yeah. didn't think it was a formation necessarily. I just thought it mm. was his yeah. lack, lack of football, actually. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I didn't even think that it could have been the formation. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. give us a call. Let's go to Shane in Berwick. G'day, Shane, and you want to talk about the formation. Diego's, how are we? Yeah, very well, mate. Before we start on that, just one thing. Please get a petition together. Get Australia together. Get us the purpose-built stadium. That's what I'm going to say. Sorry, mate. Before we can before we go on there, Shane, the difficulty with that is FFA make more money by not building a stadium number one, and secondly, uh, by selling their games to the the major events of each capital city or each state, and that's why the Saudi Arabia games in Adelaide they bid for that game. I think the Thailand game looks like it's going to be at SunCorp in. Uh, in Queensland, that's why we have games in Sydney or in Melbourne. It's what the state governments bid for them, and they literally have an auction for these things. And that's where the FFA make their most of their money. So it's not, it's not to their benefit really to go and build a stadium unless someone like a Frank Lowy, you know, with all due respect, on his deathbed says, "Listen, all my money, 
let's put it into a stadium. Well, Maybe something like that will happen. But well, again, how are we going to get full use to that unless you're going to have the Adele concerts there and the and you know the you know uh, whatever else? I mean, you don't, they have their uh, the big uh, the big truck events and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You got to have all that there. You're that right into those, aren't you, Carl? Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. really know that. I know the technology there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but Monster once truck. you yeah once you have any of that there, it wrecks the ground anyway. Look, the New South Wales government has got this uh, stadium strategy and they're looking to build uh, rebuild or redesign ANZ Stadium as a as one of the this the southern hemisphere's yep. largest rectangular stadium so and that's not till you know 2020 something so or, but rugby's you know, going to be playing there rugby will be played yeah, there but, but, you know, defeats what we're talking about yeah, so but I, anyway i think there are stadium technologies out there also that that can replace surfaces so there's no reason why you can't have a surface for a concert and then bring your playing surface Absolutely. out. So there's got to be ways yeah. around this problem. Absolutely. Hey, hey um, Shane, do you have a comment about the formation? Yeah, I do. I, I think our formation resembles, if you, if you think in building terms, a strong picket fence when you build it. We're intangible. We're really good at the back. We score. And then as the, as the years go by, a couple of powings fall off. <laughs> uh, and I think for about maybe 30 minutes there last night, I was just waiting for the fence to fall down. I just, we looked really edgy, our, our passing wasn't that good in the second half, we got away with a few things, and then all of a sudden it turned around, someone put some palings back on the fence. Shane, Andrew's listening to us right now, <laughs> and he wants to use that analogy in his next press conference, because he knows a lot of media don't understand what he's trying to do, but it was really well put, mate. I think, uh, look Shane, I'll agree, I don't think, the, the I didn't have an issue with the formation at any time during the game, like Rodrigo said, but I did, um, I did have a problem with the quality of our, our ball control. I thought we looked sloppy and, and yeah, poor. And that's not anything other than, um, I don't know, more game playing and, and sort of these guys should be nailing their passes and the ball should be sticking at their feet more often. Well, that's, that's what I, yeah, the cheap turnovers, it's not a, sometimes we, we, the passing was just poor. Mm. It that, was. It, it, it looked looked average, and, and the pitch didn't look that bad last night. Well, no, Francis Leach today rang in from Sydney. There, he was he? there. He walked on the. He said it's deceptive because oh, it right. looked like it was a a good green layer, but mm. underneath it wasn't that good. But uh, but look, ultimately, I think there was a lot of nerves. You know, there's been a lot of pressure from the. Yeah, what they won two 0 They did, <laughs> but there was a lot of nerves. Um, obviously, the way the game was reported, the change of. Uh, you know, formation, and just saying to the guys, listen, I'm going to make this change, and we're going to do it in Tehran. It's like making a change and doing it on Pluto. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, it's just it's just one of those one, things that the players had to, without the full side, by the way, Trent Sainsbury didn't play in Tehran, and he had to move people around. So uh, they got through this, and they got four points out of six uh, out of these two games, and having to go through what they've done, I think it was a good... A good outcome. Everyone's a little bit nervous, Carlos. Well, most people are a bit nervous. We want to qualify directly out of, you know, finish top two in this group and qualify without the nervousness of, you know, being playing a third place playoff and then going off and playing. Is it CONCACAF or Comnebol? Com, uh, no, it's uh, CONCACAF. Yeah. And, uh, and at the moment, it's Honduras. Honduras. It could be America, by the way. US is, uh, is second last in that group right now. And they've there got go. three or four games to go. So. Um, well, we could go to Panama also. Oh, right. Very yeah. nice. Hey, uh, there'll be some files there that you'd be interested in. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for your call there, Shane. Let's go to Scott in Craigieburn. G'day, Scott. Welcome to the Four Diego's. G'day, Amigos. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. What did you think uh, of last night? Yeah. Well, what do I usually say? Three points, mate. That's all yeah. the main thing. But right, That's um, not bad. 
I want to talk about Abdul Rahman, but before mm. I get on to that, I just want to make a quick point about uh, overseas stadiums and our stadiums. Uh, the FFA was not kid around. They're Sydney-based. They're not Australian-based. It's all about Sydney and how much money they've got in their coffers. They're very similar to the Arsenal setup. All they do is look at their bank balance at the end of the day, and that's all I care about. They couldn't give us stuff if we qualify for the World Cup or not. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, Scott, I was listening to you up until you just said that, mate. The FFA <laughs> want us to get the World Cups. Mate, they just care about their bank balance, mate. And if they really cared about it, they'd never play a game in Queensland. They'd never play a game in Sydney because their stadiums are absolutely substandard, mate. You've got to admit, they are just absolute holes of cesspits, mate. They should be playing most of the games at Amy Park. If you want to give us a real chance of qualifying the way we play, we've got to play on good surfaces, mate. We can't play on these absolute crap holes, mate. And um, I was listening to you today, Carlos, about um, Abdul uh, Rahman. Yep. He is a super player, isn't he? He's absolutely fantastic. But I really think you undersold James Troisi. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was, he was our big... He was an absolute standout on the pitch last night. His ball control... A couple of his passes went astray, but he was fantastic in track and back. And I'll say something pretty controversial. I'd start him ahead of... Um, Don't say it, Scott. Aaron Moy. No, no, nah, nah, Rogic. Okay, he, okay he yes, track, fair enough. Yep. He, he can track back. He can help out. Where Rogic doesn't really... He does track back a bit, but not as much. I know I might be a bit controversial, but I'll tell you what. I, when we first really picked up Troisi for a victory, I was pretty sceptical. But I'll tell you what. He's, he's a star, mate. He's an absolute yep. star. And without him last night, I don't reckon we would have won that game. Yeah, uh, firstly, Scott, I don't think I commented on James Troisi today, but uh, but I agree with everything you said um, uh, as far as that's concerned. And I've got a feeling that Ange wasn't entirely happy with Tommy Rogic in a Thailand game. I think he was only playing one-way football there when he needed everyone doing the defensive stuff too. And I just got the sense, I'm not sure what it was, whether he dragged him early or he made comment afterwards, uh, that he wasn't entirely happy with Tommy. So when Tommy comes back from his ankle issue, which is a long-term issue, I think he should be right for the Saudi game. But uh, but there's no guarantee that he'll start. So um, he's, he's going to have to prove uh, a point to Ange before he picks him, I reckon, next time. And James Troisi he's suddenly put his hand up. So oh, I think you've got a good point, up, uh, right? Scott, yeah. And the thing about... Uh, James, I reckon, is that as good as he is and as good as he's playing now, I think there, there's more improvement from him. I think that if he can just tighten up on, on some of those moments in his game where where he gets a bit sloppy, he he's gonna he's gonna be world class. I don't think he's quite world class there yet, but I think he's the sky's the limit for him. Uh, look, I'm not sure the definition of world class, Vinny, is thrown around a bit, uh, but he certainly will be a player. That uh, that might reach the potential that Newcastle mm. United saw in England. That's what I mean. And also Juventus, because he was on the Juventus books, by the way. Now I don't know how that worked. It's like Trent Sainsbury bringing on the Inter Milan books. I, I'm not sure whether it was all Tax about ability. Colours. Yeah, I'm not Tax sure what purposes. it was. But uh, but still, he was on their books, and he's travelled the world, and I think people have seen that he's a decent sort of player. So. World class, we'll see, but certainly that potential. So when I say world class, what I mean is yep. to, 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 to perform consistently well on the international stage to a point where people are, are seriously thinking, oh, we want him in Europe or somewhere so else. So impacting games yeah. at uh, international yep. level, yeah. What I loved about him last night, he clearly a guy that had been out of 
out of favour, if you like, uh, due to injury and other things, not playing a lot. Um, he was just so hungry last mm. night, and you could just tell the way he ran. You know, he he busted gut last night, and that's what we like to see. And that's what you know mm. Brad Smith does, and that's you know what yep. a lot of the other players. It's what Jason Davidson used to do yep. when he was in form um, and playing regularly. So that's what I loved watching last night with uh, James Treasy, and, and you know, hopefully, you know he. You know, the, the coach keeps him in, you know, and, and he's going to make some tough decisions. So. I, I just want to see Ange pick the best team. Exactly. The, the guys who are playing week in, week out. I just want him to get to a point where, sorry, Brad, you're not playing regularly enough club football, so you're out. Okay, uh, Bayich, you're in because you're playing regularly. I, uh, he just doesn't have that right now. And, uh, I mean, even Tommy Juric, who seems a bit rusty at the moment, he's back playing for his team in Switzerland, but he spent a long time out with injury just more recently. So, you know, Ange can't control that. But if he starts building the, the depth in the team, we'll talk about Jackson, Jackson Irvine in a minute, plus a few others, uh, these guys are playing regularly, putting pressure on these so-called bigger names who aren't playing regularly. You'll soon find in a World Cup year, or well, not so much now because the Confederations Cup's around the corner, but in a World Cup year, players will move to a club to play rather than just stay at that club for the wage. Hey, let's take a break now. Thanks for your call there, Scott. Um, we'll talk about all those players and we'll talk more about the formation. A couple of interesting questions off the text message uh, machine. We'll, we'll talk about those. 9429-1116. If you want to have your say about uh, last night's uh, World Cup qualifier where Australia defeated the United Arab Emirates 2-0 after a draw with Iraq uh, a couple of nights before, one all. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for your company on this Wednesday night with the Four Diego's here in eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. We're talking about Australia's uh, World Cup qualifier against the United Arab Emirates last night at Allianz Stadium in Sydney, where Australia won two nil. Jackson Irvine scored in the seventh minute, Matthew Leckie in the seventy eighth minute, uh, and of course that was on the back of their game five days before that against Iraq, where they played out a one all draw with Leckie scoring again for the Aussies. The next game is. Uh, in this uh, group is uh, for Australia is against um, Saudi Arabia in, in Adelaide at Adelaide Oval on the eighth of June. So can't wait for that. Now, Carlos, must win, Vinny. Must win, absolutely, <laughs> Carlos. You know, I'm a passionate man. My I'm a passionate man with a with a cup that's always half full. Oh, but, I've seen but, your but, discos, Vinny. But, but I don't. <laughs> well, I, I don't always understand the intricacies, the finer points mm. of um, formations. Yes. You, you've got a lab. Yeah, can we come in? Because Sammy, off yep. the text message, Vinny, has said, can we please explain the new game style in language? Yes, well, good on you, Sammy. I was, I was thinking the same thing there as I was... go. Great minds. So we're going into the lab, are Let's we? Let's go to the lab Let's now. Open the door, mate. Let us in for a change. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got the we've got the the three, two, four, one formation. That's very much front-heavy by the numbers. Hang okay? on, Carlos. That's 10. Isn't there a... Li- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the keep, we won't talk about the keeper. Even no. though Matty is a sweeper He's keeper. a sweeper keeper. Exactly. Absolutely. So anyway, the, the three, two, four, one formation is all about uh, a team that likes to keep possession, possession bullies. And if you have possession all the time, you can actually, um, you know, uh, push forward into your own half and put pressure and, you know, push back the opposition team. Uh Ange prefers to do that because suddenly, if that ball gets lost or turned over in that half, he's got the numbers to win it back straight away. So the idea is when you have the ball, you have the numbers and you keep the ball as long as possible. You're a bit thin at the back, but the idea is 
It's not going to break down a lot if you've got good ball players in the middle of the park. Last night, we didn't have our best. We didn't have Luongo or Moy or Rogic. They're the, they're the technical you know, players who can hang on to the ball longer. And also, if you notice, that they, they won't pressure that first ball from the goalkeeper. If the, the goalkeeper from the opposition passes it to a fullback or the centre-half, they won't pressure that first one. But the next pass, they do, and they go in numbers. So the idea is you, you try and win the ball in the, def- in the opposition defensive half because you're, you're almost at their goals if you win it and they're out of position if, you, if they're turned it over there and you've got a good chance of scoring. And at the same time, you're attacking in numbers if uh, your midfield is, has got the numbers in that midfield. So the idea is you're outnumbering the opposition in the midfield um, and, uh, and you're almost overloading that midfield. So if you've got more people in there and you're sharing the ball, it means that you're going to hang on to the ball um, more and means you're going to be having more possession. And if you're attacking all the time, in theory, you should be able to score more goals. Is the ultimate genius of that is that it's a foil for our set pieces because we're just, <laughs> we're just scoring from corners anyway? Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I just, you know, the good thing I thought when I, when you look at Matthew Leckie's scoring record for Australia, in fact, scoring record for his club, when, through his whole career, except for Adelaide, he, he was a bit prolific in Adelaide, but since then he hasn't been prolific. Good player, don't get me wrong, yeah. respected. You don't play in the Bundesliga unless you're a good player. But he doesn't score a lot of goals. Robbie Cruz is the same, doesn't score a lot of goals. Um, Tommy Urich is not a, you know, he's been injured a fair bit, so you can't really see how prolific he's going to be. But he has scored four in 20 or something in Lucerne in, in Switzerland. Uh, we're not a team that has shown uh, that we're prolific in front of goals, or we have players that score regularly, except for Timmy Cale. I believe since Ange has taken over, the media men tells me that uh, tells us that that Timmy Cale scored twenty goals since Ange took over. So we just you're right in general play. I don't know where the goals are going to come from, but maybe this formation is all about that, Vinny. You know, you win the ball in the in your attacking half, and suddenly you're outnumbering the opposition team and. If you're close to the goals, you've got the numbers, maybe in theory you should be scoring more goals. Well, the question then is why weren't, with the players that we've got, why weren't we doing that before now? Well, and, and, and maybe, what is, maybe, just, just for Sammy yeah. and, and our listeners, I think what, what, is, what is the inherent difference between what we were doing and why Ange's and, and his coaches have decided to change now? No, well, why they're changing now is they've probably realised, and I think Ange has spent a bit of time overseas in the last couple of months too, you know, doing his own professional development, visiting clubs, talking to big-name coaches, watching a lot of football over there. And the big clubs um, who want to dominate games, they, they're playing with a back three. Chelsea's doing it in, uh, in the EPL, or, or I think they started doing it. And, uh, and I think the likes of Barcelona's been doing it for years. Everyone wants to copy Barcelona, though. But the idea is... And just saying, we've got to just navigate this World Cup route. Let's just get to the World Cup because if we nail this way of playing in a World Cup, we can win games over there. And he just doesn't want to, I mean, no one wants to just go to a World Cup and just play. Really. I mean, fairly come on, we, 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 we're much better than that these days. We should be aspiring to win games over there and get in the second round and go maybe to the quarterfinals or something. That's what we need to start thinking. And Ange is that sort of coach that wants to do that. People are calling him deluded, but he has real faith in this team. He's got faith in himself, faith in his team, and I frankly like it. The proactive approach is what I want to see. I don't want us to go back to the days of the Pinverbakes of this world, had no faith in our players, playing mid-30 players who should be 
retired and because he felt that there was no one better. You know, Ange does. You know, Ange recruits Riley McGree to come into the squad. You know, he he brings people like Mustafa Amini back from the wilderness. I mean, this guy has faith in our players, mm. and if you have enough faith in these guys, they will produce for you in the right system down the track. And but just before we go, Steve in Heidelberg, the bloke uh, who came on late with the amazing ginger afro, that yep. was Mustafa Amini, yep. who, who was a prolific junior um, yep. uh, Australian player and uh, is playing skills. in Denmark at the moment. And that, that was his debut game for the Socceroos, for, for, the senior, for the men's team. So very interesting. And, and it was great. In fact, that was a great moment when he came on. You know, we've interviewed him a few times, especially yeah. when he was a young lad, um, when he was overseas. And uh, he was he was one of those players. I mean, people talk big about Gersback and a few of other young guys who go over overseas, but he was one of the guys who was actually ahead of Tommy Rogic. Yep. He was a star at Central Coast Mariners. When he went over to Germany, people, I mean, he automatically yeah. started seeing, I think it was Dortmund he went to. He was sitting on the bench almost from week one. So people had high hopes. Things go wrong, though. And that's what happened to him. He sort of languished there in Germany for a while. He's gone to Denmark and now rebuilding his career. But he's still young enough. And Ange, you know, to his credit, him and his staff have kept an eye on these guys. And, uh, you know, they're in almost daily contact through an app they have um, just to, uh, you know, inform the coaching staff of Australia what their training's like, how they've been performing, injury sort of setups, uh, you know, the GPS results, all that sort of stuff. So Ange has a dossier of players all over the world that are Australian, so he knows who he should bring in and not, even though he's not watching him every week. So there you go. Uh, and, and there you go, Sam, as well. Um, hopefully that explains to you uh, what the three two four one formation uh, means. And by the way, while we're on Ange and talking about Ange, if we ever interview him, <laughs> we have to make sure that he's not sweating. I know. Because <laughs> Jeezy gets grumpy when he sweats. I know. Last night, uh, in, you know, when he was being interviewed by the uh, Fox, Fox Sports, Sports guys, yeah. he made, made a couple of comments about um, some of the criticisms around mm. this new formation and... Uh, and I mean, because he's actually encouraged uh, this kind of dialogue about what happens on the pitch as opposed to what happens in, you know, um, at head office governance and all that sort of stuff. So I thought yesterday he got uh, pretty defensive about uh, some of the critics um, saying because he's an Australian coach uh, means that he's got less brain cells. Or he, to, I'm just mm. paraphrasing. Um, did Ange need to be that defensive? Because you know he's over the last two games since the formation change. As you said, Carlos, he's got four points out of six. That's an improvement over over the you know past four games where we've only we only had four points. So, what did, should Ange have been that defensive? Look, I I, I didn't realise he felt that sort of pressure on him or that sort of criticism. So I don't think he needed to be because I think that uh, by and large he got the result we needed and the, the we're evolving and we continue to evolve. And I think that uh, most of the the football-loving public understand what Ange is about and are grateful that we've got him doing the things he does. So I was taken aback by that. But he did remind me of someone whose you know, daughter got married and that was the end of the wedding reception and he did <laughs> yes. be sort of dancing a bit, a bit too much on the dance floor and you're getting very passionate. Yeah. And, and the sweat was coming yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but look, yeah, he's a later. I don't mind him having a bit of a rant because it keeps us honest too. Oh, yep. No, I don't mind it either. But uh, what did mm. you think, Carlos? Well, I've been to a couple of five hundred one receptions in <laughs> yeah, Footscray, yeah, yeah. like that, where I've seen the the you know the father of the bride late yep. at night, You're late at night with his suit, and yeah, a bit dishevelled, because uh, he was quite hoarse as well yeah, when he got on. He looks spent. Yeah. I mean, he really. Did. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, Rodrigo, I'd be very, very disappointed 
if Ange doesn't look at the way he's presented himself, and not it's not embarrassing or anything like that, but he doesn't need to defend himself that way. He's I, I think what's what's happened, it's probably involuntary what's happened. It probably stems back to the big argument with Craig Foster and Les Murray <laughs> back all those years. You're it, such a psychologist. If you, yeah, if you don't if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google <laughs> Uh, Ange Postacoglu, Craig Foster, and you'll see this wonderful video <laughs> of Craig Foster uh, ambushing him. I reckon he was ambushed. It, it was, it's, uh, you know, uh, on, well, on, it makes for great TV. It, yeah. it wasn't great for Ange or, yeah. or Craig. Yeah, it was. End, it was but, awful. Uh, it was awful TV to tell you the truth. But I mean, you got to. It's like car crash TV. Yeah, you know, you got to watch it. But uh, and uh, Craig Foster just went to town on him in an SBS interview, and basically, after, not long after that, he was sacked from the Australian yeah. uh, youth setup. And he'll say himself that he was unemployable for many years. And um, and I think it all stems back to that. And uh, that he probably compromised himself a little bit during that time. Uh, but then he took the Brisbane job and he said he will never, ever compromise his values and the way he wants to go about it again. And that's what's got him here. And maybe that start, those cracks are starting to... Because he's been really good in sort of quashing all that and not bringing it up. Uh, but maybe there's a few of those scars are there. He hasn't put a foot wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but he doesn't uh, need to go there because I think, you know, there was already some articles written today that he'd lost, it, you know, that he was got yeah, defensive, yeah. that he lost things, and I mean, you don't want to be talking about that stuff well, unless it's deliberate, Rodders, because you know Jose Mourinho oh, likes to do this yep. to develop that siege, that siege mentality. Yes, yeah. So maybe it's deliberate. I don't it know. could be. It yeah. could be. But but I just thought, you know, he didn't need to do that at that time because. The country is behind him and his team. Yeah. I really feel that. Um, yeah, there's going to be some discourse um, around the formation changes because you know we're in the middle of a, a qualification campaign, and uh, to change it up will you know engender some conversation. And, and so I will, and happen. I will defend anyone, especially an Australian coach that wants to attack mm. and doesn't want to be wishy-washy like the Verbeeks of this world. Uh, not so, Osiek towards the end. I mean, Osiek was okay early on, but towards the end, you know, these guys just had no faith in our players, kept on playing the oldies, and just saw no future because they kept on saying there was no one coming through, no one's coming. Well, Ange has done something mm. with these guys coming through. Ever since Goose Hitting and, and our first uh, foray into the World Cup for a long time, where we started understanding a little bit more about, you know, formations and, and team structure and, and, and super subs, I think we've evolved. And so when Ange said, you know, it's good that uh, we, we have got people talking about that, I want people talking about that, I thought that was a fantastic point because it just yeah. means that you know, we are entering into the, 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 the national vernacular in a way that's meaningful and, and right. But I hope he wasn't contradicting because he has actually got really frustrated with people who have questioned his tactics. He's so do you, want us, do you want people to talk about it or not? So it just got a bit... You know, grey in those things. But just on that thing about Gus Hiddink, I know we're going to go to a break, yep. Rodrigo. And after the break, I'm going to tell you about a conversation I had with a golden generation socceroo, and you won't believe what he told me. I nearly, I was floored <laughs> by what he told me about the Gus Hiddink era. Was this a private town hall meeting? It was a private town wow, hall meeting. interesting. Right? Let's uh, take a break. This is a golden generation socceroo um, and intelligent guy. And what he told me nearly floored me. Looking forward to that right In fact, up. it did floor me. <laughs> Jeez, it's like clickbait. In fact, you're on the floor right now. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Double, tuck it off, double, tuck it off. 
Thanks for joining us on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Vinny Venezuela, the hot topic tonight. It's got to be, you've got to have faith. It's the George Michael, Ange Postacoglu hotline. <laughs> and you've got to have faith. Do you have faith? Are you happy? Yeah, that's the way. There you go. A bit of George Michael. Diego's love playing a bit of, uh, a bit of a few classic hits yeah. uh, here on SEN. Hey, um, just quickly <laughs> off the text message, Carlos, before we... Uh, Go into your oh, uh, yes. what Vinny called clickbait just uh, <laughs> just before. <laughs> Milligan clickbait and Troisi were great. Uh, they would make it into a Frank Arock team. Um, <laughs> how much did the Socceroos lose by? I'm assuming a lot, but from what I've heard, that's Rod in Kingsville. Actually, one Rod, just in yeah. case you uh, didn't know, um, two nil against the United Arab Emirates. Um, uh, don't forget the Aquamax system from uh, Chris. <laughs> of course, uh, it's one of the systems that he was yep. referring to, and. Um, Hey, Four Diego's, how did you think, uh, what did you think about last night's game? I made the trip from Geelong with a mate, uh, Tino from Geelong. So there you go. And uh, we've been talking about the game, of course, uh, throughout the night. Can I just, before we get to clickbait Diego over there, um, (laughs) the one thing I think that's interesting about why maybe people seem a little bit glum on on the result, even though we won, probably says a lot because I think we, we expect more from the team and we know that they can deliver more. So ultimately, while we're very happy, I think that we, 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 we're still waiting for the, for the next level, which, which we know is there. And that's, that's a little bit exciting. I actually think it's a bit of a hangover from the Iraq game as well. We wanted six points out yeah. of these games because none of us can still believe how we did not beat Thailand mm. and got, get three points against Thailand who are sitting on one point. And I know... There was the whole, um, the country was in mourning for the morning and, and they, they did it for the, wanted yeah. to step up. And just quickly off the text message, uh, Marie says that Ange is deluded wow. because Australia are no Spain, Brazil, Portugal, Germany or France. There you Gee, go. Marie. There you go. Now, Carlos, uh, before the break, yes. um, you had a private town hall meeting with a golden generation soccer Socceroo. Intelligent man. Intelligent. Very intelligent. So not one of these uh, you great tell footballers. tell us who without... that was. No, I'm not going to tell you who it was. Okay. But what he said to me, because I started talking about Gus Hiddink in the 2006 World Cup and how great that was, this and that. He said to me that Gus Hiddink was the reason why they didn't go on and win that World Cup. Ooh. And I said, you've got to be joking. No, <laughs> he wasn't joking. He was not joking. He felt that Gus Hiddink was fantastic in preparing the team. He felt that they were, he was fantastic in getting the best out of individuals in that team, but he did not give the team a, te- a, a game plan. And if he, ga- he said to me that if he had Ange Postacoglu as coach back then, or if that same team was playing under Ange right now, with the attacking proactive way of playing, that that 2006 team with Harry Kuehl, let's, uh, he got injured, I know, but if Harry Kuehl was fit, and they had Kale and Grella and Viduka and Bresciano. Uh, with those calibre caliber of players, uh, with an Ange Postacoglu mentality uh, in a coach, that they would have gone very, very close. And people might laugh at that, but Italy ended up winning that World Cup. And because we couldn't break them down, even though we were probably the better team in that, in that uh, sudden death stage, uh, that second round, uh, we, you know, we didn't go any further when we should have actually won that game. Because we were much better than the Italians, but we just did, we just couldn't attack. We, there was no there was no formula or pattern of, of the way we attacked. With an Ange Postacoglu philosophy, according to this player, uh, they could have got a lot further in that World Cup. I mean, that's and how that's highly he's regarded. And so, but, but people keep on talking about Gus Hiddink being mm, absolutely. So, but that's the first time I've heard a player who played and admires Gus. He didn't have anything against Gus, but he just felt that Gus Hiddink held them back. 
because he didn't really believe in the Australian player. He just wanted to make sure they didn't embarrass themselves, they were well prepared, but he didn't think they were going to go as far as they did. And in fact, he, if you remember, everyone was calling for him to put Josh Kennedy on uh, in the um, in the ninety in the in the normal time of that game against Italy, and he wouldn't do it. And he had Josh waiting there when the when the whistle went because he felt that he was gonna, they were going to go an extra time. And suddenly we copped that penalty late in that game, and suddenly um, it was all over. It was all over. So hmm. uh, I just thought that was a really interesting conversation. I've never heard anyone uh, say that. And this is an intelligent footballer who um, I think will probably do something serious in the game, either by way of coaching or administration down the track. Very interesting stuff. You can't tell us who it was, Carlos, can you? Can't tell you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no. Hey, just before, we need to get, take another break. What about Jackson Irvine and the impact that he's had on, on these two games? You know, obviously, um, yeah, he's been on the show. Diego's uh, very own. Know, we, uh, we, we got him revved up. But uh, what, a, what a fantastic um, yeah. entree into, into you know, football play, playing for your country. Absolutely dynamic. Again, I, I love the way that uh, Ange finds guys with with a with a big heart and engine. I think is the key word for for Ange's a lot, a lot, a lot of the project that he's creating. In the sense that we want fit young players who are going to attack the ball and and commit at it in at every position on the park. And Jackson was sensational. I thought in every every respect. It's just form. How, how important is form though? You know, he's a it Bird is. But, but if you look at his history. He literally went on holidays to Scotland, a mate of the family organised a trial for him at Celtic. He was there for a week and they offered him a three-year contract. So then he went to Ross County uh, and he became a star there. Then he's gone to Burton Albion. So he's one of these guys that's a natural instinctive footballer who, you know, if you watch him play... He looks ungainly and a bit unfashionable, but he's got a great touch on him. He's got a great engine on him. He's He's got a really good brain on him. Mm. And uh, he's really quite aggressive at set pieces. Very courageous. Yes. So yeah. for me, he's an all-round footballer who's instinctive. And they're like, really? When you've got footballers who can play like that, uh, for me already, I know he's only played two games. He's a 10-year soccer-oo for me. He is. He's a 10-year soccer <laughs> It's another statement there. Hey, Carlos, when I asked the Diegos, did Gus hold us back, considering uh, his career failures afterwards <laughs> failed with Russia, failed with Holland, and you, Carlos, dismissed me as a nutcase. I don't know who that was, but uh, but uh, someone with a long memory, Carlos. Okay. Well, I, I apologise <laughs> if I did... Uh, but I only had this conversation with this socceroo <laughs> like yes a couple of weeks ago, and I, it makes a lot of sense to me. So that SMSer, it might be the socceroo actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. But uh, but I apologise if because I certainly uh, had my eyes opened by this guy in this mm. conversation. Hey, we need to take another break and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of sport on eleven sixteen SEN the four Diego's. Just a little bit more of the Diego's. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been all about the uh, World Cup qualifier. Um, obviously, Australia uh, defeating the United Arab Emirates uh, 2-0 last night and uh, consolidating their third position. But uh, we need a, a, a top two finish. Hey, Suda, thanks for your text message. Just to, um, no more Saturday show? No, not uh, for the rest of this season. There's a good Friday show, though. There is a good Friday show. Coming up soon? Coming up very, very soon. Yes, please. Rodrigo, I think, can I just say one thing? I want FIFA to introduce a rule that says that when Super Tim comes in off the bench, <laughs> there's an official timeout so he can huddle everyone yep. and just give them the last a, a Timmy Cahill chat. Yeah. Because 
But I think you should also allow him to speak to the opposition players too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Why not? He likes, he, to have have a chat. he likes to have a chat to people. <laughs> he does anyway. Doesn't yeah. He? Yeah, a play's been sent off. He follows them out and just puts his arm around and has a bit of a chat. He can take a book to them, yeah. one of his books. <laughs> what I love about Tim Kale is he will mow you down and hurt you. <laughs> And then yeah. pick you up Absolutely, and you know, yeah. talk, you, talk to and you. And then pull a, give book you a out hug. of his shorts and give you a yeah, book. That's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Mark <laughs> Milligan was a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, yeah. Mark Milligan got a, a second yellow card, so he will not be um, mm. playing in the next game. So uh, he will be a big loss. But uh, who comes in for Mark Milligan? Oh, does this James Jekko, who yep. uh, he, he missed out for injury, and he's playing regular Does football. he change the formation? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you can play defensive midfielder. So, um, yeah, I think there's a couple of different options. You can you can even bring, if you had to bring little, not little, but Trent Sainsbury into that. Liked having him back in the yeah, team, Yeah, just protecting say. that back, back three now, not back four. <laughs> uh, that could be an option. So. Hey, the A-League, uh, believe it or not, was on last week, and it is on again this week. Sydney FC take on Melbourne City on uh, April Fool's Day, interestingly enough. Uh, <laughs> that'll be uh, a good game to watch. And then Melbourne Victory take on Wellington Phoenix. So two big, or well, the big A-League fixture, but obviously the mm. Melbourne teams in action there. So uh, that's it for this week's show. So remember, Cuddlosh. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? We're over there. there. Every Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We're over there. there. Where there's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We're over there. there. We have a Gringos play football. We're there. We are the Fort Diego. Olé! Olé!